The Denver Broncos march into Dallas and dominate the Cowboys from start to finish. The Broncos improved to 5-4 and four on the season. They're a half game out from first in the AFC West. We recap the game. We break down. We hand out our game balls. And we also talk about the Broncos being in the hunt for the playoffs. Sarah Bettinger, myself, we break all that down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back in to a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos Victory Monday here as the Broncos defeat the Dallas Cowboys 30-16 to on the road in dominant fashion. Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by co-host Sarah Bettinger. Both of us covered the Denver Broncos for the Locked On Network and 9 News. Make sure you follow and subscribe, free and available everywhere. You get your podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. And if you want to watch us, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, turn on notifications so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage. But Sarah, look, what a what a fun Sunday, my friend. The Broncos country super happy. The Broncos go on the road, and they just absolutely dominate the Dallas Cowboys and the NFL's highest scoring, the second highest scoring offense and most efficient in terms of yard production offense in Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Man, what a game for the Broncos here. It, it, it's a lot of fun, Cody. I expect in my excitement to potentially fumble some words, but man, <laughs> it, it's just, it's phenomenal. It, it was the best win, in my opinion, of the Vic Fangio era by far. And and there's been a couple shutout wins in there. And we also had the Houston game from 2019 when it kind of seemed like everything was on the upswing. This is the best win that we've seen from the Denver Broncos since Vic Fangio became head coach of the team. And I don't think that's I don't think that's pump and fluff or hyperbole or whatever you want to call it. I think truthfully, the the expectations going into this game, almost everybody, Cody, and I say almost everybody because you and I and a few select others, <laughs> almost everybody said that it was a guarantee the Broncos are are losing this game. And to go on the road, and like you said, to go up against one of the league's best offenses, not to mention one of the league's best defenses, and you go in there and you absolutely dominate. The final score will indicate 3-16, to 16, but the those who watch the game understand the Broncos shut out the Dallas Cowboys for the majority of this game, and it was a, it was a dominant performance. It's truly a couple breaks going the Broncos' way in this game, but at the same time, Cody, like you and I talked about off the air, it's high time that the breaks started going in Denver's way. I'm so sick of it going the other teams way all the time this is as complete a victory as we've seen this season and Broncos country should be absolutely thrilled yeah they should because look I saw a lot of talk too when the Broncos sitting at four and four the talk was after the Broncos traded Von Miller okay they're waving the white flag on the season I I didn't get that vibe at all from this team and George Payton certainly said it this week in his press conference on Tuesday he says look we still believe that look we're we're four and four. Feels like we're two and seven. We still have a chance. We're still in the mix here, and that is very much so. The Broncos only a half game out right now, Sarah, away from first place in the AFC West. The Raiders lost to New York Giants. The NFL is weird. Okay, the Broncos beat the Cowboys. <laughs> the Jaguars beat the freaking Buffalo Bills. I mean, this yeah. is just the NFL is wild. But you know what was even better for this game in terms of domination, Sarah? The Broncos. I feel like they actually played to what I think their expectations should be for them as an offensive team, as a defensive team, and, and really coming out on the offensive side of the ball, running the football, Sarah. They were dominant on the run with Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and they just kept churning away, and they kept gashing the Dallas Cowboys defense, and then Teddy hit them through the air. Now, that first drive for the Broncos offense was worrisome, and we were thinking to ourselves, like, oh, man, 
you know, here's this tumultuous start here. They're going backwards. Man, it's just not good. And then the defense comes out. And look, I think the real tone setter for this game, Sarah, the Dallas Cowboys, they went for it on fourth and one. And Justin Simmons comes up and he sticks Ezekiel Elliott. Turnover on downs. Then the Broncos would hold the Cowboys ultimately in this game to 0 for 4 on fourth down attempts. That right there is so much momentum boost injection into your veins, whatever you want to call it, my friend. But that's exactly what the Broncos needed. They came out from the very onset after that offense punted the football away, had a very bad drive. The defense comes and says, hey, we got you. And then the offense says, you know what? Thank you for getting us. We're going to get you back. I I love the flow of this game. And look, you know, hats off to Pat Shermer. I thought he did a really good job, too, of calling this game. Maybe after that first that first half, I was critical, right? I mean, that first series. But after that, I was pretty open. I said, you know what? Hey, he's in a rhythm here, and I like it because the Broncos, they they actually stuck to it, and, and look, the outcome, I think, speaks for itself. It does, and one of the great things about everything that went on in this game, Cody, for me, is just it was all complimentary. You talked about how the defense would get a stop, and then the offense would kind of go out there and do their job, and it, and it was kind of like it was it was – deep there was depth to that right so there was the defense getting stops and it was a variety of ways there was run stops like you mentioned the justin simmons play there was some really really good coverage on the back end by the secondary which i know we'll get into more of that later but then you you factor in the fact that offense gets the ball and the broncos are running the ball effectively but when teddy bridgewater needed to make plays we got to give credit where it's due man yeah. teddy he Fun made on. some big time throws in this game and like you mentioned pat Shermer was in a groove calling plays the Broncos did do a couple of those, you know, oh, well, it's second and long. Here comes a, a run. But we saw that maybe a, a reason why on a couple of those occasions, specifically one, I believe, in the in the second half, Cody, where the Broncos ran a draw to Melvin Gordon deep in their own territory. And he took a second and 17 and turned it into a third and three. Well, the Broncos yeah. ultimately convert and, and get down the field. So it, those types of things ended up being huge. The compound effect of, of complimentary football over the course of this game helped the Broncos ultimately just completely dominate. Look at the time of possession. Look at any statistical category you want to look at. It was the eye test that, that really for everybody, you don't need to look deep into the stats. You don't need to look deep into individual player performances. If you watch this game, anybody, anybody in Broncos country or Dallas Cowboys fandom, whoever, you could see that this game was absolutely dominated by the Denver Broncos. I mean, from start to finish, and that's that's the thing I think surprised everybody. I don't think any a lot of people expected Denver to just come in and dominate. I mean, at one point in this game, Sarah, they were up 27 to nothing over Dallas, and then obviously mm-hmm. you give up a couple of scores late, some sympathy things, but the Broncos were tested due to injuries. It's like, you know, the great thing happens, they just come out and just dominate people, but they're also doing it without key guys. Patrick Sertan leaves this game with an injury. Obviously, we're still waiting word on his status, but you lose Graham Glasgow right on the final play right before halftime. He gets carted off the field Quinn Miner steps in I mean there were a lot of things so we're going to hand out some game balls coming up here in just a moment Broncos country highlighting some of the good performances diving a little bit deeper into the Broncos 30 to 16 victory over the Dallas Cowboys it's victory Monday and you should be fired up you should get jazzed up but also another thing too if you're tired of cable if you're tired of all the shenanigans of trying to find your favorite sports your on-demand favorites movies or television let me tell you about direct tv stream the sponsor of today's episode lockdown Broncos and if you've got one device that lets you catch sports football basketball or your UFC MMA favorites on one you've got another login from your sister-in-law your mother-in-law to try to watch your favorite movies or tv shows that's a little bit of a hassle and it's overly complicated direct tv stream 
unclutters the complication by allowing you to access your sports, your live TV, your movies, and your on-demand favorites all in one place without the hassle, without the cords, and you don't need remotes for it. You have easy access to it wherever you're at on the go, and that is Direct TV Stream. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream today, and you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required, and content varies by package. All right, sir, opening up the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos victory Monday. The Broncos coming away victorious 30-16 to over a very good Dallas Cowboys football team who had only lost one game prior to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the opening game of the season all the way back in week one. Dallas has been a very good football team. So for the Broncos, this win is huge. And as Sarah alluded to in the last segment, the biggest victory in Vic Fangio's entire coaching tenure with the Denver Broncos by, you know, bar none. This, I you know, I think creates questions too, Sarah. I know Broncos country is probably going to ask it in our mailbag, but what does this do for the Broncos if they can keep building on this? That's something I want us to keep in mind this week. But really kind of putting things back into perspective a little bit the Broncos offense 407 total yards of offense in this game Javante Williams was a force and he's probably going to be the winner of angry runs again this week and for Kyle Brandt the good morning football 17 carries 111 yards 21 carries for Melvin Gordon 80 yards for him over 190 yards on the ground and really that is where the Broncos dominated this game was in the rushing department with those two guys Sarah first off I just want to say if I'm George Payton and this isn't just because of this game. I don't want people to, to misinterpret that. I, I believe that the Broncos should resign Melvin Gordon at the end of the season because mm. you need to have a dominant one-two punch. And look, this was a game where we saw what Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon can be. Eager for your thoughts on this one. Well, I think what speaks volumes to this, Cody, is the fact that Curtis Modkins, the Broncos running backs coach, received a game ball after this game from head coach yeah. Vic Fangio. So it doesn't get much more loud and clear than that, right? The running game has been, to say the least, inconsistent this season for the Denver Broncos. It's it's almost been it's almost been less of inconsistency and more of just like, man, it's just it feels out of reach. Like yeah. you have Javante Williams, you have Melvin Gordon, you've invested quite a bit on the offensive line, right? I mean, I know that a lot of people forget that, but man, the Broncos have a number of free agent pickups and, and high draft choices on that offensive line. So the fact what that was that line to today, get, by the way, what was what line? Oh, yeah, what exactly. was the offensive line yeah. today? Right. You have I, yeah. Calvin Anderson at left tackle. You have Dalton yeah. Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow, but then he gets replaced by Quinn Miners. Mm -hmm. And then you have Bobby Massey. He goes down, gets replaced by your boy, Cam Fleming. Exactly. You're exactly right. Cam Fleming, finally. We get to, uh, uh, this is vindication <laughs> for Cam Fleming. I've mentioned his name on this podcast way more times than probably any other Broncos podcast complaining about why he's on the team. Sure enough, he's active this week. And sure enough, he plays a, a big role. And he was, he was part of opening up those running lanes, Cody. They were doing a lot of their best running off that right side, even after Graham Glasgow went down with the injury. So hats off to those guys and, and hats off to the to just Mike Munchak having those guys ready to go on short notice. Calvin Anderson, you know, Cam Fleming, uh, Quinn Miners, Austin Slopeman even got in at the end of this game for yeah. Dalton Reisner as well. So it was I can't say patchwork because I think that you have quite a bit of expectations for some of those guys. We we thought maybe Calvin Anderson could be the starter at right tackle. Quinn Miners, we thought maybe he could be a starter at center or possibly guard down the line. So there's expectations for those guys. It's not like you're rolling practice squad players only out there. Schlotman, you know, notwithstanding. But I, I love the running game in this game, Cody. It was a ton of fun to watch. Javante Williams, like you said, they might as well just mount an angry run scepter with the three Super Bowl trophies at Broncos <laughs> headquarters because he's going to be getting angry run scepters 
all season long. And Melvin Gordon, you're right. He's been a phenomenal, phenomenal addition. I'll never, I remember very clearly when the Broncos were pursuing him in 2020 free agency, just how much uh, a lot of people hated that move. And I, I get it. You don't want to necessarily pay running backs, but the Broncos have paid a, a good running back. And they also used a premium draft choice on a running back Two Cardinal sins for a lot of people in terms of your team building preferences. And it, it paid huge dividends today. Well, I imagine Javante Williams gets one of your offensive game balls, if I'm not mistaken, right? Absolutely. Javante is a, is a game ball all the way. And I love he it. deserves it, right? Yeah, he does. His effort this season, he's just been a fun player to watch. And he and Melvin Gordon, I mean, just watching the Broncos and seeing them on the sideline, Sarah, looking at those players, you know what? This was like the first time I feel like this season – besides the 3-0 start, where you see them having fun. You see them smiling. Like, that that's huge. I mean, it goes a long way. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to get into all the little things here, but that is a big thing here. I'm going to give my offensive game ball to Tim Patrick, and I thought Tim Patrick stepped up in a big way for the Broncos. And look, a little bit of a scare late in that second half. And, you know, gratefully enough, it's just cramps, and it wasn't a bad injury. But for Tim Patrick coming into this game, Sarah, five, I mean, five targets, four catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown, which – he absolutely smoked Trayvon Diggs on a double move for a touchdown. And we talk about a momentum builder right there. We had even mm-hmm. talked about it in one of those yeah. matchups to watch is, you know, they're going to go after Trayvon Diggs. He gives up a lot of yards through the air. And certainly enough, they couldn't cover any of the Broncos receivers. Jerry Judy had a big contribution as well for the Broncos. They got guys in the mix of tight end. Kendall Hinton had a 41-yard catch and run. But I'm going to give it to Tim Patrick, not only for the touchdown catch, he had another big catch, but then he also had a catch too. It was like a third and seven. He caught the ball mm-hmm. at about four or five yards shook a defender and made the extra effort to get the first down that is what we call winning football and I tell you what Tim Patrick is the DB soul snatcher and I think that if there's anybody that's been sleeping on Tim Patrick well guess what you better wake up because he, he's knocking he's knocking at that door and, and look he's he's deserving of a contract in my opinion is Deborah going to give it to him I, I don't know but I'd love to see that happen I know Aaron Rodgers or any other quarterback would Tim Patrick is a great great security blanket for anybody he gets my offensive game ball but now I'm going to throw it to you now Sarah defensively who gets your game ball for the Broncos 30 to 16 victory against the Dallas Cowboys? Man, you could go such a number of directions here, couldn't you, Cody? I, yeah. I think that it, it was a lot of fun to watch on all three levels. There were guys making plays all game, just consistent pressure from the defensive front. Really, really good play from the second level of defense. That's going to go underrated. But I think, Cody, as you and I dive into the All-22 film, that's going to stand out in a big way. So for me, and I'm going to I'm gonna put this out there because I haven't studied the All-22, but I'm giving a game ball to Baron Browning in this game. And I think that he, des- he deserves that based on a number of things that we saw him do in coverage in this game. He's He has adapted extremely quickly. Giving, giving him the green dot, giving him the responsibilities, putting him out in coverage, doing all the different things that he's had to do against a couple of teams that, frankly, you know, Washington may not be the best team in the league, but they got some some really good backs out of the backfield in terms of being able to catch passes. And now you go up against Dallas, who maybe has the best tandem of running backs in the league, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And then you're covering guys like Dalton Schultz. You're getting a ton of different responsibilities. You're being tasked with defending the run. That's a lot for a rookie to take on, especially especially in a game like this. But, man, Baron Browning has really answered the bell, and, and, and he's not certainly the only Ohio State, former Ohio State Buckeyes <laughs> defensive player that's, that's worthy of that distinction in this game. 
Well, you know, I think, too, we can obviously give a shout-out just by default. Jonathan Cooper, I mean, I know everyone's going to say, how did he fall to the seventh round? And I think really it has to probably to do with the medicals. And But he just, he looked apart, right? In a week where the Broncos trade their best pass rusher of all time in franchise history away, and you would want a guy to step up, and right? And even he said it this week. He's like, now with Von gone, I have more pressure on myself. I need to step up. Well, I tell you what, he sure did. Two sacks in this mm-hmm. game on Dak Prescott. But even there was a time where the Broncos dropped him back into coverage, and he was there on a tight end crossing route, broke it up. I mean, Jonathan Cooper is going to be a very special player, but this was almost kind of like the transition, the changing of the guard. We see some of John Elway's remaining players from this roster here, but we're seeing all these guys that George Payton went out and invested in in the draft or free agency and all of a sudden those guys are stepping up in a big way. So this is, I think the Broncos are in a really good position right now, Sarah. I'm going to give my game ball for the Broncos' defensive side of the ball. Look, I think Jonathan Cooper gets one, right? It's not by me. If it's not by me, I'm going to give this to the fans. The fans are going to say, hey, Jonathan Cooper, you get the game ball, my friend. I'm going to go with the Broncos' secondary because, look, this is a tough matchup when you look at CeeDee Lamb, you look at Amari Cooper, and you look at even guys like Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz, who they've been dominating. They've been one of the most high-explosive offenses in the National Football League, yard production and totalage because of these guys here. And I was really surprised to see, you know, big shout-out to Kyle Fuller, who Vic Fangio actually gave a game ball to for stepping up because, Sarah, I'm looking at it right here. In terms of receiving, Amari Cooper had two catches on five targets for 37 yards. That is surprising considering him. Cedric Wilson, two catches on five targets, 28 yards. And then you had the other guys stepping up. CeeDee Lamb, nine targets, two catches, 23 yards. Ooh. The Broncos defense held those guys to limited action. And Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson on that back end were phenomenal. And then coming in, Caden Stearns getting an interception as well. He almost had a pick six, too. Mm-hmm. So, look, I'm going to give one to the Broncos secondary. This is one of those games I feel like you could hand out too many game balls to people and you're going to be okay with it. I mean, just – This was a great win for the Denver Broncos. And look, for all the Broncos fans that watch this, Broncos country deserves this type of win, sir, because look, the season has been so far up and down. There's been drama. You you have to get over losing a star player like Von Miller. And all of a sudden you're like, there are a lot of Broncos fans like, I'm not watching another game this season. But this is the exact reason why we love football, because you never truly know on Sunday. Huge statement win for the Denver Broncos. Rightfully so. This is exciting. Broncos country, you have every right to be excited here on Victory Monday. But coming up here in just a moment, we have to look ahead now. The Broncos have one game left until the bye week. Sarah and I, we're going to discuss the Broncos being in the playoff hunt and how they can build on this win going forward the rest of the season. Coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the two other sponsors. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos postgame reports to good friends over there at Built Bar and BetOnline. And Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And this month, it is Thanksgiving. So you know what that means. It means that there's going to be turkey on the table. There's going to be a lot of pie. And look, while we love pie, sometimes it contains a little too much calories. One slice of pie can contain 300 calories. Well, guess what? A Built Bar is a great healthy substitution because you can get a a wide variety of flavors. They have nine amazing flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. You can get one of those and you get 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and it tastes just as good as pie. And that's where Built Bar is going to take you to the next level. It's my favorite protein bar on the market. And literally, there are a lot of protein bars out there that don't taste very good. Built Bar is the one protein bar that does not taste like a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar because the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. And I want you and your family to get a box of Built Bar today by going to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 at checkout. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. Get you 15% off your next order today 
built.com and our good friends over there betonline.ag week nine of nfl action is officially in the books we are on to week 10 and betonline is the number one source for all things football this season when you need to put your money on the line to win today and if you bet on the broncos beating the cowboys in week nine well guess what you probably came away with a big time victory at betonline.ag and they also have you covered from basketball hockey baseball MMA, UFC action, and all your football action, whether it's professional football or collegiate football, betonline.ag is the number one place to put your money on the line today. And you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And when you use promo code LOCKDOWN, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. BetOnline, where the game begins. All right, Sarah, jumping into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. I'm, I'm excited. Look, the heater is on in my house. I'm sweating a little bit while doing this post-game report here. But you know what? None of that matters because the Broncos win. And anytime the Broncos win, it's fun for us. It's fun for Broncos country. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Your engagement, your interaction with us in the comment section on YouTube or on social media, it means the world to both Sarah and myself as members of the media. So if you love it and if you're locked in, make sure you follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider and also hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the Denver Broncos those news content and coverage every single day, all year long. Sarah and I got you covered. But Sarah, look, now looking ahead here, it, it's nice. And we always go back to it in the coaching side of things. Enjoy the victory, right? Enjoy it for 24 hours. And then you got to flush it. You got to move on to the next game. The Broncos next game is going to be against the Philadelphia Eagles at home. And there's some good news on the horizon for Denver because they're going to be getting guys back. Bradley Chubb more than likely is going to be back after the bye week. So not this week against Philly, but after the bye week. So a couple of weeks away from seeing Bradley Chubb potentially coming back on the field. And right now, Denver sitting at five and four. I mean, what does it do for them if they go into the bye week or if they can win against Philadelphia to be six and four? Because, look, I think that that was favorable. I mean, I didn't see it on the record because I hate going and looking at the schedule and saying, OK, win, 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 loss, lose. I, I don't like doing that. So at six, if the Broncos go into the bye at six and four, how are you feeling about the second half of the season for them? Well, I'll tell you what, Cody. If the Broncos go into the bye week at 6-4, and four, I'm going to be eating a lot of Built Bars. I'm going to be eating a lot of pie on Thanksgiving <laughs> because I'm going to be absolutely thrilled beyond belief. I'm just going to feel like, hey, what, whatever, just bring it on. You know, I mean, that's going to give you a sense that, man, anything could truly happen the rest of this season, right? Bradley Chubb is not a slight returning player it's not like and i hate to i'm not going to even name names of guys that could come back but i mean there's other guys that are coming back off injury that it's just not going to be the same type of impact but what we were told when bradley chubb was originally you know when he went under the knife for this procedure for the ankle we were told that he was going to be coming back at full strength this isn't a thing where it's like a sprained ankle where man you got a chance you're going to tweak it this is a thing where he's coming back and he's expected to be at full strength imagining jonathan cooper and and bradley chubb at full strength with steven weatherly bringing some really nice energy off the edge as oh, well man. obviously malik reed these Bravo. guys george yeah, payton George Payton's trades, those don't, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, in another episode. There's there's only so many words we can fit into every episode, right? But Kenny Young, <laughs> Stephen Weatherly, those guys are playing really well. And, and the entire draft class, right, for George Payton, and even Kerry Vincent contributing a sixth-round pick in 2022 to the team this season. So, 
But but realistically, Cody, if you went, th- this is a game that I think everybody before the season even started kind of highlighted this game as a well that that's one of the games I feel like the Broncos could win. You're going up against a quarterback in Jalen Hurts, who Vic Fangio traditionally has success against those types of quarterbacks, meaning inexperienced young quarterbacks. And we just saw him have a dominant, you know, a dominant effort against Dak Prescott. So what does that mean that they're going to be capable of doing against Jalen Hurts? Now you can't undersell anybody, as we learned in the NFL this week. But at the same time, if you go into the bye week at six and four, all of us in Broncos country are going to be having a really dang good Thanksgiving. We're all going to be thinking completely different about this team than we were at three and two, which is the last time that was the last time the Broncos had a winning record. Cody was yeah. after lo- losing their second game of the season. So since that point, they haven't had a winning record until today. Now you have a w- winning record. Like you mentioned earlier, you're a half game out of first place in the AFC West after the Raiders lose. And, and the, the future is kind of in your hands. So that gives a renewed sense of not only optimism, but maybe like, Hey man, shoot, maybe we can Figure this thing out. Well, and you have to wonder, too, how can the Broncos build off of this victory against the Dallas Cowboys? Like, what can they actually do schematic-wise, you know, personality-wise, to keep building on it? And, I, Sarah, I think it's out there. I mean, I think anybody going back and watching this game sees the way that the Broncos ran the ball. I think that they're remiss to not say, hey, look, they need to run the dang ball. We've been saying it for a while here, and I think everybody's been saying the Broncos have to find a way to run the ball because they've been very pass-happy. But this is exactly what happens, Sarah. When you can run the ball the way that you did, it opens things up for you in the passing game. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was able to have success based off of the Broncos' strong rushing attack. When you're ripping off five to six yard gains and you're forcing that defense to stack extra guys in the box you get more one-on-one coverage and then you get those concepts on crossing patterns where you do have guys that can create separation jerry judy being able to get open even albert okuwebunam tim patrick getting open denver has the talent sarah and look even mix and kendall hinting into the mix a little bit I i loved seeing that because that that 41-yard catch and run for him was fantastic. It came at a critical time for the Broncos. I mean, there's so many things at Denver offensively. I hope Pat Shermer goes back and says, hey, you know what? We can build on this. We need to build on it. And this was a statement game by the Denver Broncos, and more importantly, a statement win for Vic Fangio and for Pat Shermer. Look, I know that there are a lot of people that still want them changes to be made, but look, Vic, if he, the Broncos keep playing like this, which is hard. I mean, it's hard to maintain this over the course of however many games are remaining. But if the Broncos show these improvements, Sarah, it's going to be hard to say, hey, all right, we're getting rid of the staff. I mean, that's just the nature. If you're winning, it's hard to justify that. Mm-hmm. So the Broncos in a tricky situation here. But look, I, I was telling my fiance too, because she was getting mad. The Broncos gave up a couple of late garbage time scores. She goes, oh, they, they gave up scores. How can they? I'm like, dear, they're literally playing pre-bed defense. But also, guess what? They're going to win. And they dominate this game. That doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. So that's how I hope Broncos fans kind of take this game in stride, Sarah. But, man, I tell you what, it feels good to have a victory Monday here, a big-time win, too. The Broncos didn't beat no slouch team. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, who are a perennial contender for the Super Bowl, not to mention in the NFC. It's fun to watch. Broncos country, be excited. Let us know in the comment section on YouTube how you feel. But, look, Sarah Bettinger and myself, we're going to be back tomorrow for a brand-new episode of Lockdown Broncos. It's going to be a mailbag edition. So go ahead, send in your questions that you have to us on Twitter, at Cody Orkin NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. Broncos. Stay tuned for the tweet if you want to reply to that or leave your comments here on YouTube and we'll do our best to get to as much as we can on tomorrow's episode, Locked on Broncos.